Welcome to our new podcast series, Round Rock Sunday Sermons. My name is Brad Britton, Senior Pastor at First United Methodist Church of Round Rock. We are so glad you've connected with us. You can connect in different ways through social media, through our live streams on Facebook or YouTube, our website, fumc-rr.org, use hashtag fumcrr. Also, please leave a five-star review. We are here to walk with you and look forward to seeing you soon, however you join in. In the very near future, we'll be adding community missions to these podcasts, so stay plugged in to find out how you can help. We want you to know that we want to get to know you, to connect with you, and be the church where you can plug in and grow in your faith in Christ. And so thank you. We welcome you, and let's take this journey together. God, help us to hear a word of hope and grace and love and what you say to us and through us. And may it make a real difference in how we perceive you and your activity in our lives and our response to your leading and your guiding and your presence. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Warren Buffett, as many of you may know who follow anything in the business world for decades, has been a uh, incredible investor, uh, Berkshire Hathaway, of course, the company, and his uh, vice president, vice chairman, uh, Charlie Munger, who'd been with him practically the whole way, uh, passed away this week. He was uh, 99 years old. And they interviewed him a while back and asked him, what advice would you give people? I mean, you're almost 100 years old, and, and what would you say to people? And he said, I think I would say to, uh, to write your own obituary in advance, and then live your life backwards from that. Now, on the surface, that sounds like good advice, and it is in general. If, if the idea is I want to be a good person, a person of grace, forgiving, those kind of things, then of course. But if the idea is that we get to map out every detail of what we think our lives should be, then that is really not good advice because it leaves someone out of the picture uh, God, for one, and it, it reduces it to, I know what's best for me, and I'm going to write my future. If, if that was up to me, I can tell you, I would have an extremely dull life, and it would not be near as exciting as it is following Christ and all the things He's gotten me into over the years. Anybody ever feel that way? You know, life is a lot easier without His leading but it is not as fulfilling, uh, and it is not as meaningful. But who of us really could write our future? Uh, this last Friday, I was going to see some friends of mine in Fort Worth, and I like to keep in touch with them, and I was driving up to see them. So it's 6.30 in the morning. I'm driving into Georgetown on 29, getting on to 35 to go north, and I get on the frontage road, and much to my surprise, is a sea of brake lights. It's still a little bit dark at this time. I'm like, okay, maybe just a little something ahead. And Well, it was major. Like, I was there two hours on the frontage road. I wrote this sermon. I wrote this sermon on the frontage road. I didn't like what I had so far, and I'm like, well, there's nothing else to do. I'm bored out of my mind. Let's write a sermon. And as I was sitting there in the traffic, I was wondering, where did all these people need to go that they're not going to get to today? 
I mean, I was just going to see some friends. Who was missing a business appointment? Who had a doctor's appointment? What about the guy that literally cut me off as we're sitting there? I'm like, congratulations. Congratulations, you get to sit in front of me for an hour. Have a nice day. The only people smiling, the only people smiling were the kids on the school bus right next to me. They were having a ball. I cannot say the same for the bus driver, poor soul. All these plans and nowhere to go. You know, we, we, we can't plan out every detail. We know that. And G.K. Chesterton had a great quote. Uh, he said, a traveler sees what he or she sees. A tourist sees what he or she has come to see. And, you know, there's a big difference in how you live life, either as a tourist or a traveler. Uh, the tourist just decides, I know what today's going to be. I have a general idea of what tomorrow's going to be. I already have it in my mind, and I know what I'm going to expect, and I'm probably going to experience that. Whereas the traveler says, you know, I actually believe in God, and I believe in the Holy Spirit, and I actually think that God might reveal some things to me along the way and that things can happen in my life that might be unexpected. And that's okay. Now, I wonder about Mary and Joseph. You know, they were not just engaged, but in, in that culture, it was an arranged marriage, and it was a binding contract, and it was very far along in that process. And I can imagine what they dreamed that their lives would be. They might have dreamed about how many kids they would have, where they might attend school, would they play any sports and get to travel to a 1,000 baseball games? Anybody ever do that? And think about what their life might be. And then it happened. Mary's pregnant. Joseph is wondering, how can this be? It's not me. What's going on? And he reads his... Hebrew scriptures, which are clear about this and what you do if this happens before a certain stage of the marriage. In fact, one of the worst penalties, according to Deuteronomy for this, is that she could be stoned, literally. So Joseph is wondering what to do. I got the law on one hand, and I got my heart and understanding of the nature and character of God on the other. What am I going to do? And there's this tension. So he, he makes up his mind to just dismiss her quietly, not to disgrace her publicly. And, and then he goes to sleep. So have you ever, you ever said the words, I'll sleep on it? And what we mean by that is, I don't know what to do. There's something I'm, I'm dealing with, I'm struggling with, I'm trying to make a decision, and I just want to sleep tonight, and then maybe in the morning I'll wake up and it'll become more clear. And so he had decided to sleep on it, this decision. Well, in the middle of the night, an angel appears to him and delivers the shocking news that the Son of God is going to be Joseph's son, at least here on earth, and that Mary will give birth. And so in an instant, Joseph went from being a tourist to a traveler. 
all in the middle of the night as he slept. He wakes up the next morning and the text says that he took Mary as his wife and continued on and you know the rest of the story. You know, it's interesting when you think about it, he he could have gone with the law, what he knew there, or he could have been open to what God was speaking to him about and, and to do. You know, sometimes we can be right in principle and even in what the rule is and wrong at the same time. Uh, when I served an earlier two-point charge, I was in my late 20s, and the first church service was at 9.30, and the second one was at 11, but they're 25 minutes apart. So I finished the 9.30 service at the first church and then drove very fast, never got a ticket, thankfully, to the other church. And I would be the last one to walk into the service. That was kind of weird. You know, the prelude's going, and I'd walk in. One Sunday, uh, I was driving along, and I'm from Dallas-Fort Worth, and I didn't know you're supposed to slow down if buzzards are in the road. And this buzzard flew into my windshield and cracked it. I mean, just cracked it. There's blood on the windshield. I'm driving into the church. I pull into the parking lot. We never had visitors. I mean, this is a small town. The one Sunday we have visitors, I get out of the car. I'm knocking the glass off of my pants. And I say, welcome. My name's Brad. I'm the pastor. And there's blood on the windshield. I look disheveled. You know what? They, uh, they were very faithful members at First Baptist from then on. It was really good. Lost another one. We always lose. So one Sunday I was driving in and coming up to the stage area, and the little girl, probably 10 years old, had a platter of cookies. And she was so proud of these cookies, she was giving people cookies. And so she extended the platter to me, and I took a cookie, and a cookie, and I I bit into it, and I, I said, that is so good. It's wonderful. And Well, the next day, I get a call from some members. Uh, we'd like to meet you. We have some concerns. And I'm like, great. What is it? And so they come in, and they said, uh, now, the policy, as you can see on the sign outside the sanctuary, is there's no food or drink in the sanctuary. And I was like, they didn't prepare me for this in seminary. What, what do you say? So I just went with my gut, which I like to do most of the time, which can be dangerous. But I, I said, well, um, that's all fine and good. I, I get the sentiment with the sign. We don't want to be having pizza parties in here. We want to respect the reverence of a sanctuary. What did you expect me to do? Tell the little 10-year-old to hit the road? Is that what you wanted? The room got real uncomfortable at that moment. And I said, it seems to me you care more about your policy than you do about the reason we're here. And I left and thought about it that week. I was like, man, did I handle that the right way? And then the next Sunday I showed up and with a bag of Oreos. I said, how about that? 
They're right. We don't need to be having pizza parties in the sanctuary, respect the reverence of the place, but you can sometimes lose sight of the point. Thank God Joseph could think and had a heart, and he understood the nature and the character of God as he gracefully did what he did and said yes to to God's plan. And the last part of that text, it talks about Emmanuel and God and another name for Jesus. Uh, Emanu means with us, and E-L-L is a, a short form for the name God. So if you put those together, Emmanuel, it's with us, God, or, or as we would say it, God with us. And, and so we believe that the creator of the universe actually fully became one of us. Now, the incarnation and incarnate to take on flesh, God descended to us so that we could ascend with him. He, he became us. That's outrageous, isn't it? If you think of the difference between Christianity and pretty much every religion, other religion, it's the idea that the God, the creator, became one of the creation, and not only that, subjected himself to ridicule torture and death, then three days later is raised again to say that there's nothing you can do to me that will prevent me from coming back to you in love. So can you imagine if we all left here today and let's say we went to HEB to do a little grocery shopping and we start off in the produce section and the first person we come to, we say, hey, my name's so-and-so, I'm a Christian. We believe that the creator of the universe became one of us fully We didn't like him. We didn't like what he taught. We sure didn't like who he was hanging out with. So as a human race, we killed him. Three days later, he's raised from the dead, and we believe that we have life and hope in him and that he's our guide on the road and we're travelers. The very next thing you would hear over the intercom, security to produce Security to produce, please, hurry. I think for a lot of us who've been in church for years, decades even, I think we lose sight of the the sheer shock of this story and what it's like to move from a tourist to a traveler who really believes that God is with us and among us. We had a dog named Bo. Bo was with us, lived a a long, good life, and Bo was a big, fat, lazy Labrador retriever who didn't retrieve anything. I would throw the ball, and then I'd go get the ball. Then he'd look at me, and I'd give him something to eat. That's how we trained. He had me trained And the only time we ever saw him retrieve anything was when we were walking behind our house around this pond, and our neighbor, two, three doors down, was throwing glazed donuts into the pond to feed the fish. True story. He throws a glazed donut. Bo, lazy as the day is long, leaps into the water. He catches the donut midair. Unbelievable. Well, 
a couple of years ago, he was not well, and uh, we had made the appointment with the vet the next day to have him euthanized. And so, you know, how can you sleep, right? So I went to bed and knowing what was coming, and I couldn't sleep. So I got up in the middle of the night and decided to go get something to drink. And as I'm walking into the kitchen, much to my surprise, Bo was in his normal spot on the tile. He would sleep on the hard, cold tile. And do you know our youngest son was laying on the tile with his arms around him, a high school junior? (laughs) Is that kind of what God has done by coming to us in Christ to wrap his arms around us on the cold, hard tile of what it means to be human? Has he come to us in that way to say, not only do I love you, but do you want to become a traveler? Anybody? Thanks for tuning in to this week's sermon series podcast from First United Methodist Church of Round Rock, Texas. For more information, you can find us online at fumc-rr.org or find us on social media at fumcrr.org.